Blog Talk Radio. Hey, my brothers and sisters, fellow entrepreneurs around the globe, it is 0600 hours Eastern, or for you nautical pipes, Romeo, 1000 hours Greenwich, or Zulu time. This is Rudder Radio, your guide to thrive. In any economy, I'm William Eastman, Managing Partner for Applied Knowledge Labs North America, better known around here as the Labs. We are a business research company uh, that is changing the formula of success for companies from zero to 50 million in revenue. And I'm going to be your host for the next 30 minutes. Uh, today's show is around the first of four categories, the characteristics of fast growth firms. And it's going to be on market intelligence and market intel. Uh, but before we start, let's go through the uh, administrivia. First of all, you can join us. One methodology would be to go to our show page at blogtalkradio.com slash the rudder, T-H-E hyphen R-U-T-T-E-R, and hit chat now. Second option is you can call into the switchboard and engage us over the next 30 minutes at 347-215-7471. You can use Twitter and to twit me. I am not a bird, so it's not a tweet. It's a twit. And you can do that at W. Eastman, W-E-A-S-T-M-A-N. And, of course, also linked on our show page is our blog site. Just click that, and uh, every day you will find the show notes. So where are we? Well, today's show is uh, using Blog Talk Radio coding system is 616209. That is the number. And today is July 22nd, and this is show 22. Uh, yesterday, what we did is we introduced our next 43 shows. Now, it sounds like quite ambitious and a lot, but what we've done so far uh, up to this period of time is given you the basics around fast growth. We presented some of the theories that we've seen work in practical application around what are the cycles of fast growth. We talked about when we looked at fast growth companies, one of the things that was very distinctive about them was how they put together strategy, and we spent some time talking about the six elements of that strategy. Now what we're doing is we're doing a drill down to say, okay, what did we learn when we, over the first two years, when we did our research into what made fast-growth companies fast-growth companies, and then also over the past seven years, what have we learned from practical application? What do the best of the best do? And so what we're offering you right now is basically, I call it the open kimono strategy. And the open kimono strategy is I'm going to tell you everything that's in the black box. So uh, market intelligence, what is it? It's the essence of understanding market leadership. When you look at market dominators, what are they doing? And you start by looking in the marketplace. It identifies where your company can excel. And it's part of building everything else uh, because without – a, a, a well-designed company with processes and people, 
that is not attuned to where the market is or the market is headed is probably a company that's not going to make it. And so this is a central part around building the core competence of the firm. It's looking for competitive advantage and that exists both in the real time but also in the future uh, are competing in advance. Uh, kind of the old Gretzky story that we've used several times is that Wayne Gretzky's great success as a hockey player was uh, his ability to go to where the puck will be. Well, the reason he was good at that is that he could see where the shot should come from, given the defenses. Where would be where is the best location for the shot? He would go there, and somebody would pass it to him. Well, that's the same thing here. It's it's a little bit more complex, but essentially the same issue is that. Where is the next great shot coming from and go there? It's about understanding un- or underserved needs with high financial returns. Who out there has needs that nobody is basically satisfying or, or doing a terrible job of satisfying and that they have the financial wherewithal to make it worth your effort? So when we talk about market intelligence, those are the things that you're looking to do. And it's an ongoing process. This is something that I believe that somebody uh, at the executive level in your firm needs to be attuned to on some frequent and daily basis. Um, if, it, you ha- if, if it's just you as the business owner, then one of the things to consider as you begin to grow the company, can you have somebody who has more day-to-day operational responsibilities so that you can begin to attend to this more? If you already have a partner, then maybe you split up the duties inside the firm uh, but if nobody's paid attention to this, then the very best you'll ever be is reactive to the market. In other words, responding to when customers change their taste and their buying habits and what benefits they're looking for, and then you're always scrambling to keep up. You want to play that way, go ahead, but you're not going to get there as a fast-growth company. Uh, so now, if you recall, uh, we go back to a show, the show we did on 7 July, uh, where we talked about um, doing business in a new way. And we said the thing that you want to do is you want to look at market customers and competitors and come up with what is what would be considered a value plot. And a value plot is nothing more than taking a look at what features all of your competitors are competing on and then finding out um, why those features are giving them a competitive advantage or the companies that are not doing well, why those features aren't working. And the idea was to see if you could not plot something a little bit different. So if everybody was on one feature was very high, well, maybe you could come low in on a feature and another feature where they were all middle to low, you could come in high. And the idea is to have a very different profile. Well, you can't do that without these next three best practices because if we look at it, market intelligence, market intelligence uh, as a category. There are three best practices uh, that make this up. Uh, One is called competitive landscape. The second one is called targeted industries. The third one is called product knowledge. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take those three and break those out uh, with the understanding is that even we're going to even do a more detailed analysis of each one in the subsequent shows. Okay, so Market landscape, let's take that first one. What is it about? It's, it's, it's your ability to create an accurate and complete picture of the marketplace, and it's used to identify current and future value. That's it. Pretty simple. Now, four things you typically see in companies that do this. And by the way, these are things that you can easily do yourself or pay, and they're relatively inexpensive. 
Let me start with the first one. It's called a market study. And this is a yearly thing. Uh, most companies yearly engage a third party. And I, I want to emphasize third party because this is almost impossible to do yourself unless, of course, you lie and you say you're not calling from your company, but you're calling representing you know, a research firm because uh, there's a tendency of customers not to tell you the truth, either the good Good, the truth in, in good terms, in other words, they really like you and they've they got bad things to say and they want to say it to you, or the, tr- or the truth in bad terms is they don't like you and then they're going to make things, uh, their report's going to be actually worse. What's a market study? It's done by a third party and it's typically a telephone interview where the, the, the organization that you would hire would go out there and would ask them questions that would capture the following information. One is when they think of the offer that you provide, um, and they, by the way, they do not name you. They don't. They don't say that uh, I'm doing this research for uh, Applied Knowledge Labs. If if I'm doing the, um, if I'm trying to get a market study done on our firm, people don't do that. What they say is I'm I'm calling for the uh, small business management consulting industry, as an example, and they say, okay, when you think of assessment services, assessment products on identifying fast growth. Who do you think of? And the idea behind that is you want them unprompted to give you a list of the companies that they that would think of, and they and somebody would say, well, I think of uh, you know uh, John and Mary's or Burke's Consulting. Burke's Consulting is the first one that comes up, and you say, okay, now uh, why Burke's Consulting? What makes them at the top of your list? And what happens is you get the customer to name the ones that they hear of which tells you the effects, basically, of marketing or the effects of word of mouth. It tells you what they think of them. It also tells you why they buy from them. It tells you why they don't buy from them. And if you've been in business for a period of time, um, at some point in this this process, the the, uh, third party would then say, well, have you ever heard of so-and-so's company? And they'll go, oh, yeah, those guys. Or they'll go, no, never heard of them. And that is really good information of where you stand. But the idea behind this is, one, is to get a ranking of how customers see the market. Number two is to get their impressions of all of those companies. So really what they're telling you is what the brand perception is. Number three, they give you a ranking so that it kind of tells you where uh, the market stands, and if you are part of the study yourself because you're an existing business, it tells you where you stand in that, and it also tells you why they buy and why they don't buy. Good information. That's one way of doing it. Yearly done, my guess is you can, depending upon the third party you hire, uh, the price of this is anywhere uh, from five to $10,000, relatively inexpensive, done once a year. And by the way, I've said it to you before, I'll say it again, uh, if you think that you, that all you want to do is spend your money in, in sales and don't spend any marketing. You're crazy. Here's where some of your marketing budget goes to. Okay, a second way that these companies do it is they create um, what you would call an executive advisory group. And what this is made up is executives um, from your top customers and your suppliers. And it basically, it's a quarterly meeting. And what most companies do is they have, say, a quarterly luncheon. And that luncheon has two purposes. One is to thank the customer for their business, to tell them how much you value doing business with them. Now, this really cements the relationship. Um, We have quite a few 
uh, attributes in our best practices that talk specifically about how much interaction the leadership team has with the customer. More is better as long as you're not interfering with what the frontline people have to do to do their jobs. This is much more of kissing babies, shaking hands, and collecting market intel. And it's also important to have the suppliers in there because this helps to cement the relationship with you. Now, what are you doing there? Well, other than saying thank you for the business, what you're also doing in this meeting is that this is where you're checking out strategy because what I've seen and what we've done ourselves in this particular type of group is to say, uh, we're looking to improve this product that we offer or we're looking to upgrade this service. If we were to do that, what do you think? Uh, what, what are we currently doing we should keep? Uh, what are we doing that we should stop? What should we start? And get the customer involved in that. It could be you're checking out your strategy. It's checking out your current products and services, how those are built or made, relative levels of quality and service, or some ideas around new products and services. Uh, but by putting in front of this group, you can get, number one, a, an, early, an early estimation of where you stand in the process, and it also cements the relationship with the customer, and you collect real-time, face-to-face customer intel. And after a while, you'll find that maybe in the first meeting, the customer is a little reluctant, to be honest, but once you put them at ease and they understand that all you're trying to do is improve the business and that the, the main beneficiary of uh, of of your improving the business is them, I think you'll find this process go very, very well. I would recommend a quarterly luncheon. It's a great way for the owner to stay in touch with the key accounts and to understand where they are in the market. The third one is focus groups. And now a focus group, um, most of you know what that is, and that is your attempt to get end user perception of the company, but typically it's much more around either existing offer or new offer. Um, that one you do as needed. And so if, uh, let's say, you've just lost a couple of accounts and people complaining about something that you're doing, maybe you want to have a focus group made up of end users to look at what you're doing and say, this is, this is crap and this is why we're not buying, or you're thinking about rolling out a new product or service, this is, this is your way of doing alpha testing. And um, the way I see life is you do an alpha test, which is to build a basic whatever the new thing is, you get put in people's hands, you play with it, you take that and you turn it into a beta, and then from the beta, you test that out again, uh, probably with a prime account, uh, give them a discount, say we're working on this, and therefore you get this at a lower price, and then based upon that, you have a prod, finished product you go to the market with, and which is the process that we use pretty much. And then finally, the fourth thing you can do here is around research services. And what I mean by research services is there are a number of organizations out there who monthly will send you an update on what's happening in the economy, what's happening in industries, what's happening in your local market. And it's a good way of having somebody else do all the reading that you would have to do. Um, we use a service called Research One. And uh, not that I'm advocating that organization. They're good at what they do. And they give you the type of macro information that you need. Um, this, these types of services cost typically 100 a month. So if you look at this, let's say you spend $10,000 a year for a market study. Let's say you spend uh, a grand a quarter for the advisory group. So that's uh, where we went, 14 and then you spend another $1,200 on the research services. So for about $15,000, uh, 
uh, of your marketing budget, and by the way, this could be 80, 90% of your marketing budget, you will have everything that you need to know about the marketplace so that you can say, okay, where is the, where should I go? Where is the best shot? So when somebody passes the puck, we can put it into the net. Second best practice, targeted industries. What is targeted industries? Well, based upon this competitive landscape that you've drawn is a selection of specific industries who have un unserved or underserved needs with high economic return. And that says, oh, basically, which types of verticals, if we're going to go after verticals, um, do we want to put our efforts into? Now, that does not mean that we have not yet selected the company, the, the specific accounts, but we say, what industries? Because if we're going to do something like research services that we just talked about, I want to target a particular industry to get to know it better so that when I talk to the business owner or my sales department talks to the business owner, um, they can say, gee, we understand you're having these particular issues or needs inside the firm. And so those type of research services will allow you to drill down. Uh, the way that we do that is when we go into a new city, we look at the profile of the city and what are the major industries of Richmond. And because you really can't do a national strategy, I can assure you that if I, if I contrast four cities that we operate in, the, the targeted industries in Calgary, Alberta, is different than the targeted industries in Las Vegas, Nevada. Totally different business complexions. That the industries that we target in Kansas City, Missouri, are totally different than the than the other two, and totally different than the industries that we target in Richmond. So it's very much a local strategy to take a look at, okay, given what we offer, what are the industries here, and of those industries, who are, which ones do we want to focus in on? Then we make a list of the major accounts. And what we do here is we basically identify what are the marquee customers. Um, the third, the, the other thing that you do with here is you join local business organizations. Uh, here in Richmond, we are members of an organization called Rich Tech, which is a Richmond Technology, uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, Hispanic Chambers, things like that. But the idea you want to get with this is that you want to take a look by talking to the local business uh, associations. Who, is, who are the major players in that particular market? so that you can segment out, and like I said, what you're looking to do is identify um, a, a potential marquee customer. Okay, so I've got about uh, 18 minutes past the hour. I just want to say a couple words about our company. Uh, as uh, most of you know who have been listeners, or if you're new, this is your first uh, uh, radio show or your first down uh, download, is Applied Knowledge Labs is a product company. Uh, what we do is we do business, uh, business research. We take a look at what are the fast growth characteristics of companies, and then our objective is pretty simple. We try to make sure that we can take that information to our customers. We do it predominantly through assessments and surveys, and the reason for that is pretty simple, is that uh, we've got to get the price point down uh, to, to a level that we don't lose any sales based upon price objections. In order to do that, you can't offer you can't really offer a lot of services because consulting services are incredibly expensive. So what we've done is we've taken everything that we've learned and we've turned it into products. And what we do for companies is we say either one, we give you a full body checkup, we do a diagnostic on the health of the firm, and we say here's the results of the CAT scan, here's the results of your MRI, here are the results of your blood work, and we say okay based upon that. 
here's the relative health of the client. And then we apply that to, okay, based upon your stage of growth, what are the things from the past that you didn't attend to that you need to, to attend to because otherwise they're going to be anchors on growth? And uh, We help you put together an action plan on that. Number two, we say, okay, given your stage of growth right now, here should be the things that are high priority to work on. And, and that's either items, uh, opportunities for you to accelerate or obstacles to remove. And then the third thing we help you with is to say, okay, now, what are the things that are going to happen in the future? Let's kind of put a sequence to those. Uh, but we don't offer any services. We are data atheists in that uh, I don't care what your data says. My job is to provide the most accurate picture, help you work through it, provide meaning of it, and give you an action plan. And at that point, if you want consulting services, uh, we have colleagues who do that. We don't get any fees or retainers for it, um, or we'll help you get somebody else, or you can use the consultants you're using, whatever. So that's our approach. That's what we are. So uh, if you're tired of being alone out there trying to turn your dream into reality, give us a buzz. And the way you can contact us is there are plenty of links on our blog, uh, on our blog talk radio uh, host page. Um, you can write me directly, eastman at aklabs.org, A-K-L-A-B-S dot O-R-G, or you can call me on our Skype hotline, which is 804-471-1660. That's 804-471-1660. Okay, let's take the third best practice now, and that one is product knowledge. And this is understanding how the customer does or will use your product or service. Now, our emphasis in these shows has been more into businesses that are selling to businesses, not that we, we do not have best practices for companies that are in B2C, uh, business to customer, but really we are more focused on companies that are selling to other businesses, B2B. And the reason for that is this, is that when you look at market research in those companies that are um, selling directly to customers, um, it, it, you're, you're typically in a lifestyle sell. Um, you, you've got to look at the psychographics of the customer, uh, what, what emotional need, because a lot of times what they buy has nothing to do with meeting the need, a uh, direct need, a utility need. It has to do a lot with meeting emotional needs, such as purchasing an automobile. Um, God forbid if purchasing an automobile is ever going to become a utility uh, purchase, uh, it still is to most of us an emotional purchase. Yes, we need transportation, and yes, things like uh, fuel mileage are important to us, but the car we drive says something about us. Uh, our focus is on something that I believe is a lot easier, and in this product to knowledge, it's about everything that you sell a company affects their ability to compete. And the question you ask yourself is how does the offer that we sell, the product or service that they buy from us, how does it improve their bottom line? And what this third uh, best practice is, product knowledge, is exactly about that. How, how do we impact their bottom line? And it is the source of your continuous improvement data. Because the, the way the win in the B2B market is the, customer, the company, in this case the supplier, which is us, that offers the best product and service that affects their bottom line is the company that's going to get the business. Uh, because that also gets you out of price-sensitive businesses. Because if I'm thinking about the impact that you have on the bottom line and your products and services have a 10 to 15% greater impact on our ability to compete, 
um, that allows uh, that allows me as the customer to say it's worth paying more. And if your strategy as a company is to charge more, you can only do that by by providing greater value, and that's what that greater value is. Now, competitive landscape in targeted industries are really external issues, an external focus to see what's going on and bring that data in. And as I said before, is that uh, you need somebody in a company who spends some part of their day or week uh, doing this and thinking about what's going on and bringing that data inside. Uh, product to knowledge, that best practice, is really more of a balance in that it's both external and internal because, one, you want to see how the customer is using those products and services. And if you're new to the market and you're going to offer a brand-new product and service that is not there yet, I doubt seriously if you're going to do a very good job in your initial launch of getting any acceptance of your new offer if you don't understand how customers are using the competitor's offer. So that's part of the external focus. The internal focus is that usage information has to be at the very core of the processes that your company uses. And when we get into the best practice category, when we get into the fast growth category around systems and processes, or better known as operations, um, this is this without this information, I have no idea how you run an organization that is providing high value to customers in terms of what's built. And so that's how those three go together. And so that's the uh, that's the three best practices that make up. Uh, this first category of fast growth, market intelligence. So as we said, let me just kind of summarize. Market intelligence is about trying to determine where current and future competitive advantage is. It's an ongoing process that's used by the company. Um, it, has, it typically has to have some executive level focus. Um, the more executive focus it has, the better. Uh, I find that most, most organizations that are very, very effective, the fast growth companies, uh, you sit down with that business owner or you sit down with one of the owners or members of the executive team and they can tell you in, in, in pretty in-depth terms what's going on in the market and how they're responding to it is that this is where you spend your marketing budget. So for all of you naysayers out there, and I get this all the time face-to-face now, we don't spend money on marketing. It's a waste of time. That's bullshit. Um, you spend money on marketing, and why you spend marketing and money on marketing is, if nothing else, is to understand what's going on. They condition yearly study. They, they, they commission basically a yearly study to look at where they stand in the marketplace. They do quarterly interactions with customers and suppliers. They get first-hand information and cement the relationship. They occasionally engage in focus groups that will help them um, understand something new or understand an issue, and they contract with research services. They also join local business organizations that gives them a better handle on, on what is the heartbeat of the local area. And then what they do is they make sure that they understand what value their offer has to the customer and that that information is core to how they manufacture their processes. Because as we talked about yesterday, the essence of a, of a fast growth, a sustainable growth company is that they align people with strategy and they align processes with customers. And what this third best practice gets to is this is part of your alignment that your processes are as close as they possibly can to providing the right type of value to the customer. And that's what's happening on that end. Okay, tomorrow's show. Let's talk about what we're going to do tomorrow. 
we're going to take the competitive advantage, um, or excuse me, a competitive landscape, this kind of this photograph of the market, and we're going to talk about the four attributes, the four attributes that make this happen. In other words, if I'm going to do this, what, exi what exactly am I going to be doing? And we're going to take those four attributes and we're going to break those out and talk about here are the distinct behaviors that organizations engage in. And it's things like understanding how your offer impacts existing customers. It's understanding how your offer impacts um, new customers. It's understanding what are the rules of the marketplace and are you making the rules? Because the essence of this is always going to be is that by the way you do business and, the way, and by the product and service that you offer is that you force your competitors to play your game. Um, and I, my suspicion is that most of you are very customer-focused, very attuned to what's going on, um, but it's always reactive, and you're always watching, and you're very responsive to it. And what was really happening is you're letting somebody else dictate the rules of engagement, and that is not a place that uh, I or any of the rest of us want to be. So um, with that, I just want to pull up my dashboard here. There we go. With that, I thank you uh, for either joining us this morning or I also, uh, if you download this MP3, and again, understand this is part of a series, and when we get done with this 43 and we get down to... Um, uh, we get into September when we're going to finally be done with this. Uh, we will have given you 60 30-minute shows that, that provide just about every piece of information you need to build and run and operate a fast, sustainable growth company. So to everybody out there, have a great business day, wealth, and prosperity to all.